Welcome to the Dangling Conversation. Today I am joined by my friend Cassidy, who is the fiance of my other friend and current roommate, Weston Sheffield. Um, Cassidy, you're going to be married in how many how many days from now is it? It's nine days from right now. <laughs> nine days from today, so it will be seven days from the time that this comes out. That's insane. Um, first off, just kind of where are you at with that? Are you nervous? Excited? What What are you feeling? Um, I am very much excited to be married. Um, the wedding itself is very stressful. Yeah. Um, I I feel like everything is going to go wrong, but even if everything does, at the end of the day, we'll be married. <laughs> right. And that's what really matters. Um, and I'm very excited for our honeymoon. We're going on a cruise. Um, oh wait, where are you guys going? We're going to um, Nassau in the Bahamas, which is really cool. Ooh. Yeah. Um, when my dad worked for the Bahamian government for a hot minute. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. So he taught computer classes in Nassau for the Bahamian government. How old were you? Um, This was high school for a couple years. Oh, my gosh. Um, I think my phone is going off for some reason. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's just your fiance. Ignore him. <laughs> no, he's watching a movie right now. So he's he's off in his own little world. Um, but, yeah, so my dad worked in Nassau for, I think it was three, maybe four years. Um, and we got to stay with him a lot of the time. It was like two weeks out of the month and sometimes I would stay home. Sometimes I would go with them, but I'm going to show Weston around a couple of places. Like, um, my favorite ice cream in the world is at this one beach okay. called love beach. Aww. I know it's pretty cute. Uh, and it's uh cheesecake guava ice cream. Ooh. It's so good. So I'm very excited about that. And then we're also going to princess key, which I'd never heard of before. Apparently it's like an island owned by carnival or something i don't really know how that works like the the cruise ship line mm -hmm. or whatever that feels suspicious yeah i'm not super into that but it'll be fun <laughs> <laughs> okay so you're going where where else are you going is that the main attraction yeah so it's just nassau and princess key okay um and it's a five-day cruise it'll be great Ooh. and so your wedding is going to be in Florida? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so it's going to be in Tallahassee, where I'm from. Right. Um, which, there were a lot of reasons for that, um, but mostly because my mom has been doing a majority of the planning. It was just much easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm really excited. We're doing it at the church that I uh, did Bible quizzing in. Um, so, a lot of good <laughs> memories. I was very cool. Uh, I actually won... Uh, was the best quizzer in Florida one year. State champion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, man. I know. Sword drill? No, um, I don't know exactly what it was called, okay. like what the specific thing. We would memorize books of the Bible and answer questions. Um, How much do you remember? Not a lot, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> like every once in a while, one or two verses will come to me or like there were some that we would like make up little songs to that every once in a while I'm like, oh, yeah. Galatians. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah. So, how how did you and Weston meet? What was kind of like the beginning? Um, we met over a very good high five. Um, <laughs> what does we that were mean? Both in, okay, that's kind of how we became friends, I guess, more than the how we met. Um, 
we were both in the same club at Lee, um, Student Leadership Council, rest in peace, um, and there was like a mini club. Wait, are they no longer active? Oh yeah, no, they're done. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> when did that happen? Um, la- last year, like this past school year, I think, it kind of got broken up into like, I I don't really know if we should go into <laughs> all of Drama. this on the, okay. <laughs> on the podcast, but I can tell you about it later. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I want to hear about that, <laughs> but anyways. Um, but there was a club within SLC that was um, servant and leadership training, which usually you do as a freshman, um, but I did it as a sophomore, and he was a freshman, um, and Chelsea Flannery made pancakes for all of us, and we high-fived over the pancakes, and it was great. Yeah, and then we really got to be, we, we like were hanging out a lot, but there is one specific car ride that I remember the two of us, I think we had already, like, I was definitely into him by that point, but he, I don't know if he was into me Interested, yet. Interested, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but there was this one car ride where it was just the two of us going to do a Costco run, and it was just good conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we spent way too much time together, but it was good. <laughs> How long did you guys date before you guys got engaged? Um, I think it was two and a half years. Okay. A little over two and a half because we started dating. Oh, yeah. I guess way over two and a half. Almost three years. Oh, well. Um, We started dating January 6th, 2019 and got engaged November 6th, I think. You don't remember? I don't know. I think it was, I think it was, I, I'm 95% sure it was October, November 6th. <laughs> okay. Because... I was like, oh my gosh, we got we started dating on the 6th, and we got engaged on the 6th. But that also may have been something that I made up in my mind. Um, I love you so much, Weston. <laughs> Wait, so w- when you date somebody for almost three years, mm-hmm. uh, like, like people always talk about the honeymoon stage is like the first three months of when you're dating, and then people talk about like the first year of marriage is like that kind of honeymoon mm-hmm. stage or whatever. Did you guys, or like, Weston's not here. Did you experience that where it was like three months and then it was like, oh, okay. Like, this is what's hard in our relationship. Yeah. This is what, like, did you have, did you ever experience that? Um, maybe to an extent. Um, I think we were always waiting for the honeymoon phase to end. Like, we were always mm. like, it's still good. Like, we've never been, we've never really fought a lot. Like yeah. We have disagreements, but we've never like been angry at one another. I mean, we've I think we've even been angry, but I think we've just always from the beginning approached it from we knew that we were very serious about each other. We knew that we wanted to date to marry. Okay. Um and so anytime there was an issue, we kind of approached that as I'm not How are we going to get over you. this? Yeah, it's how are we going to get through this together? Yeah. Not hey, I'm pointing a finger at you what's going on here like what are you doing it was what can we do to fix this um and i mean he's always been really sweet (laughs) yeah so that helps he is very good at um saying very kind things i'm not as good with words as he is um but just like he's always been super uplifting Mm -hmm. um one of my favorite (laughs) things about weston is that like he does such a good job of making you feel uplifted absolutely because he will like because sometimes people can give compliments and do it in the oh like i wish i was more like you Mm -hmm. 
but for some reason, whenever he does it, it's never like a insecure. He's like, hey, these are these qualities that I really respect about you that I wish, like, that I want to aspire to grow into. Mm-hmm. And being your friend has taught me that. And he's just so genuine with it, too. I feel oh like gosh. oftentimes you get someone, and I feel like I'm this way sometimes, where I just, like, splurt out compliments because that's just what I'm thinking. Like, I just look at someone and I'm like, oh, this is great. But I think it comes across as very ingenuine the way that I do it sometimes. Mm. But he just, like, you never doubt a word that he's saying to you. Yeah. Um. And so, like, even w- like even if he does compliment you often, it's always, like, a very specific good thing um it's always personal yes exactly he's very good at that yeah uh uh i'm jealous of you that you're marrying him and not me but yeah um he's mine (laughs) so talked about um not really leaving that honeymoon stage Mm because like it was always the mutual pursuit do you feel as if you've gotten to know him better through this time or was it just kind of like a you already had the basis of friends and then you were just dating well we weren't friends for a super long time before we started dating um i definitely feel like i've gotten to know him better i feel like the more you're with someone the more yourself you can be with Mm -hmm. them like i i think i'm more myself when i'm with him than i am with anybody else right um and just there's there's a lot of freedom in that of like I can be <laughs> not to be like <laughs> I'm so quirky but like you can be weird with them like you can make dumb jokes yeah um even if they're jokes that you wouldn't necessarily make with someone else that person's not going to be like oh my gosh that's the dumbest joke I've ever heard yeah he just like accepts me even when I it's even when I do stuff dumb um that was a way to talk um But, like, when I do mess up and when I feel bad about myself, like, he accepts me with that. Yeah. So, like. What do you feel as if, like, the both of you have in common? Like, when you, because when you date for that long, I think a lot of people can just kind of find it easy to, like, spend time around one another, but not necessarily interact. Mm -hmm. So, how have you guys, like, approached that? Um. One thing that I do think that we have in common is we've both always loved stories, Mm, like, mm -hmm. in different ways. Um, I love reading. I love literature. And, I mean, he's an English major, so we've had a lot of really good conversations this year about books. Yeah. But even, um, like, outside of books, he he loves movies. Yeah. um, And loves watching people tell stories in that way. So even if it's kind of different things, like, him showing me movies that he likes um, and getting to share those things with each other, I think is one thing that we have in common um, is stories. <laughs> yeah. So you're a big reader, right? I love to read. What yeah. What are you reading right now? What are you reading um, currently? <laughs> I'm reading several books right now. I always have um, a novel going, a um, audio book going, and a nonfiction so I try to always have, okay. I've got more than that going right now. <laughs> right. Um, but audiobook, I'm listening to the Red Queen series right now. Um, Not familiar. It's like a young adult um, kind of dy- dystopian fiction. Okay. Um, it's like, um, 
the red-blooded versus the silver-blooded. And the silvers have powers. But now some of the red-blooded people have powers. What's going on? But Racial the, commentary. Yeah, I, yeah, I just... <laughs> listen, I'm on book four and I just realized that that's what it was. Are you serious? I'm not even joking. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey... Wait a minute. I don't Wait even. I think mi- they said something. Now the red bloods are allowed in the government. <laughs> What's that about? I think I, it was something like, I don't see color, and I was like, oh, that's so bad. Like the most blatant dumb thing. Anyways, that's bad. Um, but really, the the draw of those books is much more. These two boys like this one girl. Who's she gonna choose? That's what I like. I hate that. <laughs> it's awful, <laughs> but it's fun. You've read Twilight, right? Haven't oh yeah, that? I loved uh, Twilight. I loved no. Twilight. Why? It was so good. <laughs> is it okay? So this is this is the thing. Are they actually good books? No. Oh. <laughs> okay, but I I will say this. Um, because that's the thing where it's like it's because there are times where it's just like the medium just mm-hmm. doesn't transfer. But it's actually like, oh, like, but the books are really good. Well, but the books are just bad. Here's here's the thing. I don't think that they were very well written, but I don't think that Stephanie Meyer was a bad author, okay? I think people hate on stuff sometimes because it's popular, and sometimes bad stuff is popular. But, like, most of the time, things are popular for a reason. And, like, if I had read that as a 13-year-old, I would have thought that it was groundbreaking. <laughs> I would have been, like, You're all awakening. over it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, was not allowed to read it. Of course uh, not. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I, I think that there's something to be said for literature that is written for that age group. And it's still... What good, is like, the age group? Of, of, like, who should be reading Twilight. Yeah. Um, 23-year-old women. Okay. Um, and you. <laughs> me. <laughs> um, and then, I, I, I mean, like teen girls that's most of it never it never seemed to be like a teenage novel to me though what do you mean by did you read the books am i learning something about you (laughs) no no i didn't read. that would have been so funny (laughs) what a plot twist oh my gosh let me go back in time and do that just to set up this joke okay um perfect no i like i I, i'll be honest maybe it's because i always connect it to 50 shades of gray oh where it just like semi-smut like semi-erotica yeah the thing is there's no sex in those books though really yeah no 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 no. um oh well okay i guess in the last book but it's not until they're married uh christian yes no 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 mormon smut let me tell you she was a she was a mormon wait what yes the author yes absolutely the author's mormon I'm are like, you serious? I'm not, like the you being shocked makes me. Is that true? Like, presently, look it up right now. You I, talk while I look it up. Okay, yeah, no, she was Mormon. I'm I'm 95 percent sure that she was Mormon. Because did you know Crumble of, Cookies Mormon? I had no idea. No, 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 did not know. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of like anti-abortion in the book, really? and a lot of like Edward has this really big thing about not having sex with Bella until they're married. And she's like, <laughs> she went she, to Brigham Young well, University. She wants to have sex while she's still a human and not a vampire yet. Spoiler alert, by the way, <laughs> if anyone's wow. trying to read Twilight. Wow. Um, do you want to hear the worst thing? Oh, absolutely. Two, okay, two. You don't even have to finish that <laughs> sentence. Um, I guess th- it's kind of the same worst thing. So, Jacob, werewolf dude, right? Um, I loved him in the first book and a half 
and then he just becomes a total douchebag <laughs> like he's yeah. just awful but um he is just like in love with her feels extremely entitled to her she is pregnant with edward's baby baby monster child okay yeah, yeah. and like it's like draining the life from her and <laughs> like there's a scene where um jacob is like I can't even, she like has just had can't the baby. Look He's like, you. I can't even look at her. I used to want to have sex with her so bad, but now she's just all bloody and gross and dying. He and says I that? can't, well, it's from his perspective and that's like the thought that's going on. And then the next time you see him, he is, he has, <laughs> he has imprinted on the baby, which means he's going to marry. It's not pedophilia because it's, he's not in love with her okay. until she's an adult, which is seven because that's the age that they mature. <laughs> yeah so by the time renesme the child is um an adult is seven like when she's 18 is in seven years that's so disturbing it's awful i was like what the heck i was very i was very upset um so i i did look it up she is mormon i knew and it. <laughs> like apparently she talks about like that strongly playing into her themes like oh yeah no drinking no tobacco i didn't notice those things uh, I, I, I don't. Also, I will say this about the Twilight series. Uh-huh. Um, I dated a girl who like loved the Twilight series and really wanted me to watch it. Did not. Mm-hmm. We did not date that long. Okay. But like, she would always quote the "She's just a baby," <laughs> and I like genuinely you thought that was funny. my daughter after the Loch Ness like, monster. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like she she sat there explaining. She probably took like ten minutes to be like, okay, so these are the characters, and I was like, okay, and and this is what's happening, and then he imprints on the baby, and then uh-huh. she explains what imprinting was, yes, and, and then she's like, so we should watch it, and I'm like, <laughs> what a sell, what, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, and that's the last movie, I'm like, I don't want to watch no. four other movies to to get that far. Um, it's really good, and you should watch. Has them. Weston seen them? Um, yes. Well, he's, I made him watch some of them with me. I don't think he's seen all of them. Um, ben Francis and I were going to watch I them together. Ben. I love him, too. I miss him. Me I have, like, we keep meaning to go see him, but we were going to, like, watch through them all together. I think we got through two movies, and then he had to leave. You know what? That's not at all. That's not a surprising fact about Ben at all. Well, we, and it, w- it was great. We were going to do, like, cheese and wine nights. Mm. I've graduated from Lee University, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Can't say anything about Ben. Anyways, um, uh, did... Wait, wait, wait. So what are you reading right now? Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, audiobook is Red Queen. Um, okay, okay, okay. The novel that I'm in right now is North and South. Um, okay. Which... How do you... Okay, also, what's the difference between a novel and... Like what is what is specifically a novel? Um, is it a fictionalized story? Is yeah, that just the yeah, definition? it's just like a long form story. Like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. No, you're good. Um, you've got me questioning that too. Like, because it just, just seems like book. one of those things that, like, oh, you say that and people mm-hmm. are like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. But then whenever you think about it, you're like, wait, what's the actual definition? It, I I think it's literally just like a a book that's a story and not something true that happened yeah um generally when you say novel i i think of um although i think there there's probably some nonfiction novels like 
with stories, but yeah. it's not. Anyways, the novel I'm reading right now, North and South, um, it's Pride and Prejudice era. Okay. Um, about a, um, I'm only two chapters in, so I couldn't really tell you very much what it's about. Yeah. Um, but it's got similar style. It's Elizabeth. I've got the book right here. Elizabeth Gaskell. Okay. Um, Weston had to read it, and I watched the. I watched the BBC series about it. Oh. Um, a long time ago. Have you seen Downton Abbey? No, I think it, it's too much. Like, I, it's very intimidating to get into because there's, there's so, so much. much. Yeah. Um, I really want to at some point, and I, I definitely think I will someday, but I just haven't been able to like devote myself to that yeah. yet. Um, the great thing about North and South, the series, it's just like four hour long episodes, and it has Richard Armitage in it. I don't know who that is. Um, he is from the BBC. Did you ever see BBC Robin Hood? No, but I know what you're talking about. Okay, he was Guy of Gisborne in that. Okay. My friends and I were obsessed with that show when we were younger. Anyways, okay. so that's my novel. And then the nonfiction book I'm in right now is um, called The New York Nobody Knows, which is about this professor um, walking down every um, block, basically, of New York City. It's like 60,000 miles that he walked over 10 years. Wow. It's very, very interesting. Yeah. Wow. So how do you how do you continually find books? Because I've gone through stages of wanting like like uh, like growing mm -hmm. up homeschooled. Obviously, like reading is honestly kind of part of the culture. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I read a decent amount. I read a ton in middle school. Like mm -hmm. that was like I had a good reads that I kept up with one year. I th I had a goal where it was basically like a book a week. Yeah, that's um, that was my goal this year. By the way. And how are you doing with that? Um, I've read 42 books this year, so I'm way You're ahead. You're way ahead of schedule. <laughs> um, but, like, through high school, just because of, like, extracurriculars and stuff, mm -hmm. and especially in college where, like, being a theology major, all I do is read. Mm -hmm. Like, it kind of becomes intimidating, especially returning to that, like, novel form. Because looking back, I have, like, a, oh, I could reread Percy Jackson for, like, the sixth time, mm -hmm. or I could reread Harry Potter. Um, but then there's also, like, the... Uh, kind of embarrassing to do the young adult thing again. I th that shouldn't be embarrassing. I, I, I like like that's me being insecure. But okay, like, I get that. So how do you how do you find books? What's your process about? Um, honestly, I just own so many books. I I, I like I already said earlier. I just love stories. So yeah. just about any time, I will open a book and read the inside cover, read the back, whatever. I can get into just about any story. Okay. Um. So McKay's is big. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then I have been doing Goodreads, and I've really enjoyed that. Um, and then I, I have a lot of friends who read and recommend. Yeah. Um, and then the library. I go to the library several times a week. Really? Maybe a little more than is normal. Um, there was one day that I went to the library. Th one, like, three-day period where I went to the library, like, five times in three days. The the public one yes. over by Lee. Yes. That's nice. Um and they've actually they they actually have like some books that are more like 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 from this year, which I was surprised by. Okay. Like they have like a new fiction section, um, which I never used to frequent at all. But um <laughs> I actually got a really awful book from there that I did not finish. But I I had put it on my Goodreads, um, 
and I was like, it was written January 2022. I'm never going to get to read that. Um, mm. But in like February, it was there. And so I started it and I did not finish it. <laughs> so what makes what what is something that makes a book unreadable in your mind? Because there are times with like things that I like, I guess the closest equivalence I might have is like albums and like because like I just I listen to a lot of albums. An album is not nearly the time commitment that a book is, mm-hmm. but most of the time I'm able to be like, even though I hate this, I'm going to finish it to say that I finished it. Yeah. Do you find yourself doing that with books at all? Oh, absolutely. Um, especially audiobooks because it's much easier to get yeah. through an audiobook. Um, but I'd say a book becomes unreadable for me um, if I feel like there's no hope. Um, of it getting better? Yes. Mm. So the book that I didn't finish was called The School for Good Mothers. Um and it's about um, an Asian American woman in a, I, I think it's supposed to be like slightly dystopian future um, where the foster, not the foster, the child protective services puts cameras all in her house because she left her child alone for an afternoon and she's divorced and her, so her husband has now taken the child and it's just, um, she, I, I think it's going to end up like she's trying to learn how to be a good mom in the eyes of the state. Okay. Um, the things that made that book unreadable for me, um, weird sex stuff that I didn't appreciate. Mm. Um, and then I, I just didn't feel like, which again, spoiler warning, if you are ever going to read this book. Right. Um, but I I was really concerned. I was like, if she doesn't get this baby at the end of it, then I can't finish this book. So I read like two or three chapters and I was just like so downhearted and depressed. Yeah. I looked it up, which is something that I never do. Um, but I was like, if this doesn't end a- end happy, I can't finish it. Yeah. Um, and it does not. <laughs> and so I, I put that book away, which that was hard for me. I think especially when I'm doing like a reading challenge. Um, I've moved my challenge up to trying to read a hundred books this year. Ooh. Um, and like, I, I think I'm going to be able to do it. Um, although I don't know what married life will do to that. Like, I don't know how different right. that'll be. Um, but, and, and teaching as well, <laughs> having like a full-time teaching job versus like the two part-time jobs I have now. Yeah. Um, I was going to say being graduated probably helps a lot. Yeah, it, it definitely does. Um, but it, it's hard to like put the time in to read a book and then not be able to add that to your Goodreads and be like, one more book. So I, yeah. I've gotten through, like, there was a book that I read recently that was called The Particular Sadness of Lemon Cake, oh. which is an incredible title for a That's book. That's a great title. I loved the title. Um, Judge a book by its cover. Exa- exactly. That's what <laughs> I did. Um, but just, it was, I just didn't love it. It was kind of a weird premise. Yeah. Um this is just me talking about books now. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. <laughs> um, but the the premise of it, premise as Weston would say, but that's not right. Um, he says premise. He says premise. Unironically. Unironically, and he corrects me. <laughs> that's like a dad saying Tarjay. Tarjay. No, he's like it's pronounced. It's like demise is not pronounced demis. I'm like okay. Can't believe he graduated with an English degree. <laughs> I know. I love him, but he's on some thin ice with that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, the premise is that there's a girl who can taste the emotions of whoever cooked her food. 
which is, like is kind of just strange. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to feel about that one. No, well, so she like takes a bite of the lemon cake that her mom bakes her for her birthday, and she like realizes her mom is having an affair. I was about <laughs> to say, I was like, the lemon cake tastes like <laughs> horny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um no it's it was it tastes like betrayal and guilt and she's like hmm, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> i see what's Mother. going on here um and it just was weird it didn't end very happy either <laughs> i'm really bad about spoiling all these books but i just That's assume fine. that you you and the audience will never read these books it's fine um her or maybe somebody would be like oh i want to know uh, okay that okay. might be interesting well the best part of that book her brother also ends up having an affair us no <laughs> <laughs> a uh, a special talent as they call it um that he just like merges into furniture just what? like becomes furniture like not like he can turn into at any whim oh i'm gonna be a chair now like there he, has like, to already be a chair yes. and then he like and like he'll just randomly go missing for like weeks and then, but it's because he's actually inside of this chair. Can he control it? <laughs> um, I, okay, that was kind of not super like clear. explained. Yeah, not super clear. Um, where like I think he can like decide when he starts like becoming part of it, but like he doesn't experience the passage of time, and like doesn't he can't like decide he's done being a chair. But like being a chair just is like wh- that's it where feels he f- right. it feels right. Absolutely, that sounds disgusting. It, it was it was just weird, and she like marked the chair because she like walked in and his arm his leg was like becoming the whatever, um, the foot of the chair, and she like marked the chair that it was, and she's like, hey, if you do that again, please only become this chair. So at least I always know where you are. And he's like, okay. <laughs> so she like just keeps that chair with her forever. Uh huh. It's really good. It, oh, it's a good book. No. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> no, it was not. Um, it was a no for me. What's been your favorite book of the year so far? My favorite book of the year. This will be my last book question. Okay. Okay. Oh, well, that's a lot of pressure. Um. And what made it good? Oh gosh, I I I'm having a hard time picking a book of the year. Give me top three then. Top, top three. three. I mean, easier. I'm having a hard time picking, like remembering what books I've read this year. I'm gonna very casually pull yeah. up my goodreads um but like i started getting back into reading again can't ever find my apps last year yeah um and so i've just been very like hyper focused on it lately um sorry no you're good oh um oh now I'm looking at them and I own all of them are the best book. Um, I read a lot of, not a lot of, I read several books by Toni Morrison this year. Um, she wrote Beloved, which I've not read yet, but that's probably her most well-known book. Um, Sula is the one that I loved a lot. Um, I loved Beartown, um, which is a book by Frederick Backman, who wrote A Man Called Ove, if you've heard that one. This sounds or A familiar. Man Called Ove. Um, and Beartown is about hockey, like a hockey town. Yeah. And I was like, I would never, I, I never thought I would be into a book about sports because I'm just not a big sports person. But really more than it was about sports, it was about the people and relationships in the town. So like 
Was it Canadian? No, um, hmm, North America though, like the North. Yeah, Northern USA. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yes, the North West, I guess. Um, but the the premise of that one is, um, the daughter of the like head of the hockey club gets raped by the best player on the hockey team oh and so it's like and she like confesses to her dad about what happened the night before the biggest game of the season and so oh my god yes and so it's like all about how the town is trying to like like who do we side with um Oh it my was gosh. it was very was good. It, was it like a high school hockey team or is it the, the um, professional hockey team? So so the the team that it focused on was high school, but I there were also there also was I think it was called it was like the A team, which I think is not like high a minor school. league. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the second book focuses on s- most of the same characters, but now some of the boys are on the a team instead of on the high school oh, team and mm-hmm. like the fallout from that yes but the but it's bear town and us against you those two books are very much up there and then one more i will say um is oh gosh i'm trying to find it again because i just oh um under the whispering door uh which is by tj clune okay um he wrote the house on the cerulean sea that i read last year and loved okay um and that is about a man who dies, like in the first chapter he dies. And then it's like this in-between to the afterlife. Um, mm. It's like a tea shop that is owned by this man. Kind of like Dante's Inferno or something. I'm going to be real with you. No idea. You don't, you've never I, read no Dante's concept. Inferno? <laughs> okay. No. Me neither. Oh, wow. I know the <laughs> <laughs> Look at us. I, like, I mean, I know like the... I thought it's like the layers of hell. So, Dante's Inferno, from what I know, is, like, a subsect of a larger story. Okay. But the Inferno is the part where it's, like, oh, this is actually, like, like a journey through hell sort of thing. But then there's also, like, a journey through purgatory. Yeah. And the journey through heaven. And he's all guided. The character is guided by this girl named Beatrice, who's supposed to be, like, the embodiment of divine love. And fun fact, mm-hmm. Beatrice was Dante's neighbor growing up. Ooh. And that's the real tea because he was, like, obsessed with this girl. Not, like, in a bad way, just, like, like in, like, the yeah. medieval romantic, like, chivalry way. Mm-hmm. And I learned this in my class this year um, because I pay attention. Fantastic. And I, like, love – I love medieval history. I'm Me learning too. that. I'm, I, like, I've listened to several books on medieval history this really? year. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't need to talk about that. <laughs> um, but interesting fact about Dante, never wrote a single poem about his wife. Oh. But not in like a, I'm old and I just want to be with my neighbor girl. But like, it was kind of like a marriage out of convenience. And mm-hmm. part of the romantic culture back then was that being married or the person who you love being married was not a reason to stop loving them. Mm-hmm. Rather, it made it tragic, which is more romantic. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Which is super toxic. Um, yes, I'm glad that I'm marrying the person that I love and that I'm he's not in love with his neighbor. So mm. thankful to not be married to Dante right now. Mm. Good point. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so you said that was like the middle ground for that was like a between heaven and hell or like um, the afterlife so or? it's like before the afterlife no one like how old's the character when they die he is mm, gosh he's like either late 30s early 40s maybe okay um he's like a lawyer at this wa- law firm and he is just a jerk basically um and so does he get to come back to life at the end I'm not going to tell you that because everyone should read this book. Okay. No, no, that's fair. That's mm-hmm. fair. Um, but it it's really good. There is a dog ghost in it. <gasps> and also a old man ghost. Um It's very good. Do you think um Do you think dogs have souls? That's what I was going to ask. That was the first uh, thing that popped in my mind. Um, no. Good. <laughs> um, so we've been talking about reading. Um, and I kind of mentioned part of the thing, like, from my cultural experience was being homeschooled. But obviously, you being Florida state champion of Bible quizzing, oh, yes. you were also homeschooled. <laughs> And we did the same co-op. Yes, classical conversations. Classical conversations. Absolutely. Do you look back on homeschooling fondly? Or is it kind of a, I wish I was public schooled? Or private, like whatever. Would uh, you wish it was an alternative form? I think I think it was hard for me because I never really, like right now, I definitely don't regret it at all. Right. I think there was one year where I was like, man, I want to go to public school. Um, probably when I was like 13 or 14, I was like, I would thrive in that situation. I would make so many friends and everyone would love me and I would love everybody. That is how I sounded at that age. And very much, I I wanted to have that like constant social environment. Um, but now I'm very thankful for that. That was not my experience growing up. Um, I think I had a lot more freedom to learn the things that I wanted to learn. Mm. Um, and also, I think it was really cool to get to learn with my brothers in, like, a very, yeah. like, close way. Because um, we didn't do CC until I was in, like, I didn't start until the year before high, high school, Challenge B. Um, and so, before that, we did, like, a couple co-ops here and there. Okay. But my memory of school as a young kid is, like being in a hotel room reading a book with my mom um and like learning with my older brother which i just i loved i adored my older brother yeah um so i i definitely don't regret it at all and i think looking back especially after like having been through college i don't think i would have thrived in that constant social (laughs) environment like i thought i would have yeah um i think i've realized that i would not have been able to like regulate myself very well in that kind of environment um and obviously i've grown a little bit with that but i remember coming to lee and realizing like i have something every single day like yeah. when am i gonna have any time to do anything oh, yeah. um and everyone else was like oh we have so much free time i've got like time in between my classes and everything yeah but it was just like a total the totally reverse cultural shock for me um but also i think that through homeschooling we were able to dive into literature a lot more right like because that was my interest that's what i focused on um and i think that helped me a lot whether like with 
writing papers at school um or like <laughs> on the act and stuff like that mm-hmm. um made it m- i i passed pretty well um and i think that had a lot to do with classical conversations and with being homeschooled yeah do you but you're going to be a teacher mm-hmm. like that's that's the career path you're pursuing right i just got a job you just got a job <laughs> as a teacher uh-huh. full time so are you scared nervous because like going into the public school education system having never been a part mm-hmm. of it on one hand you'll be able to have a different approach mm-hmm. on the other hand like you never had experience in it as a student how does that kind of shape your teaching philosophy yeah it's it's kind of nerve-wracking obviously because i had never experienced a full day of school until i was like student teaching essentially yeah um so i think um my philosophy of education is very based on like the individuality of students and I think that that's much more capable in a homeschool setting than it is in a public school setting. But I'm, as a teacher, I'm very focused on learning my students, learning the classroom, um, and what is going to help my group of students the best. And obviously, um, I don't know, actually, I don't know if this is obvious, but um, more recently, curriculum has become more and more strict, and it's been harder and harder to differentiate. Uh, Well, not necessarily to differentiate, but like to choose what you want in your own classroom. Right. Um, so you have to take those extra steps to make your curriculum work for your kids. Um, and I've, I've got to experience that a lot actually this past semester, um, doing reading intervention, um, which is just with the kids who are struggling readers. And I've had grades K through four, Mm -hmm. um, small groups and just like real, like recognizing how different each of those groups were because of the individuality of those students um and i think that without homeschooling i wouldn't have had that mindset as much like ingrained into me yeah no that makes sense um this was a question weston wanted me to ask you but what's one lesson you want all of your students to learn from you Uh, one lesson that i want all of my students to learn um I think it's hard. There are so many things. Right. Um, I'm going to pick two. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I, I think the things that I want them to learn the most, leaving my cl- classroom, probably first and foremost, if I had to pick one, um, is that they are loved and they have people supporting them. Yeah. Like, I will always be there for my kids in any capacity that I can. Um, and that's just, that's not just like, oh, I'll give you a hug in the hallway. But I will continue to challenge you in whatever way that I can Mm. for your betterment. Um, And I really want my kids to know, like, I'm not (laughs) forcing you to do this work because I um, hate you. And I exactly it's because I want you to be the best version of yourself that you can be. And so with that, I also want my kids to know that they're capable. Um, So loved and capable. Um, Just that, like even if their capable looks different than somebody else's, you are capable of good things. Um, And like in this classroom, I'm going to help you thrive in whatever way I can. One of the things that I like that's happening with our generation, especially because homeschooling has become so popular, people are reevaluating what education is 
and what it's supposed to look like um because we're realizing more and more oh these kids just like on one hand we award the achievers the achievers realize there's a comes a point where they can't achieve anymore Mm -hmm. or like they're just not fulfilled and they get burnt out Mm -hmm. um and they're continually unsatisfied or people like it it instills in them oh well like i guess i'll never achieve and they have low aspirations for Mm -hmm. themselves and it kind of sucks because like you start seeing these kids like um i was so i'm a ta and my professor and i were going over um like an extra credit thing and I was looking through the list and like, you know, I'm not going to say I know all the kids by name, but I kind of know their faces and their grades and whatever. And I and I looked at my prof. I was like, all of these students who did the extra credit are the ones that are getting A's in the class. Mm-hmm. They don't need this. Mm-hmm. They like like they don't. And I know for a fact they're going to do well on the test. Mm-hmm. And my professor always gives out at least five bonus points for free for no other reason than just to help people out. Mm-hmm. So even if you get like an 85 you're going to get a 90, reg- like, pretty much regardless yeah. of anything. So, like, these students are doing these things and they're achieving, and I'm like, that's cool of them, but it kind of sucks that the system is just like, oh, yeah, like, the achievers will achieve, and those who don't are just going to get left behind. And I know for me, like, it was always hard. It, it's still hard to separate my personhood from my work. Oh, yeah. Where it's not like, like, especially being a theology major, it's so hard not to be, like, if I get a bad grade on a paper or whatever, which I try a lot harder in my theology classes than I do in my other classes, like business, I don't care as much about. <laughs> yeah. um, but, like, if I get a bad grade on one of those things, I'm like, oh, I'm a bad, like, I'm a bad theologian, which means I don't know how to think about God, which mm-hmm. means I'm not a good Christian, and this is, like, what I'm supposed to be. And even though it's not, like... It's not necessarily anxiety-inducing all the time. It's certainly competitive and comparative. So, like, looking at people that are succeeding in the class, it's hard not to just be like, ah, that person, like, it's so much easier for them to love God. Mm -hmm. It's so much easier for them to, like, get good grades because they have such a better disposition. And then it just turns into this negative, like, ah, yeah, like, my personhood is devalued. Mm -hmm. So I think it's cool that from the beginning you want your students to know like it's not about it's not about the grade it's not about well it's like you are a person who matters you have value Mm -hmm. i want you to know that that is a safe place like i'm a safe person did you have any teachers that kind of like modeled that for you i mean other than your mom (laughs) shout out to melissa um no um (laughs) um i i I had one teacher um, in Challenge 1, hey. ninth grade for all you <laughs> nerds out there, um, who, John Nicholson, he... You had a male teacher. I did, I know. I did not have a single male teacher until I came, really? to, t- came to college. Really? I th- uh, that's an interesting thing also, is that um, at s- like universities, teachers are mostly male versus like up until then most of your teachers have been women that's a side thing um but no mr nicholson um i think he really just he was he was a very young teacher and so we were able to kind of like have something like a friendship with him 
um, it has morphed into a friendship as I've gotten old enough that we're both adults now. Yeah. Um, but like, I, th- I think he just like had a lot of fun with us and had good expectations of us. Mm. Um, okay. And made an effort to like, he, he led our, he led a worship team and youth group. Um, Aww. and I think he still does that, um, for his, for mostly for CC kids, but I think other kids also came. Um, and I think that extra effort just showed how much he cared about us. Yeah. Um, and not just about us and his relationship with us, but like our relationship with God as well. Um, mm. of like, I'm going to make time for you guys to get to spend time in worship and spend time learning more about God. Um, and I think that was really big for me, um, to see that. Yeah. yeah. I had a, I had a teacher, I had her for challenge B and then I had her for challenge four my senior year. And in challenge B, I was like, cause challenge B was the year we had logic, right? Oh, I, f- I loved logic. <laughs> I, I don't know why, because like now I like logic, mm-hmm. but the way it was presented was so boring without any <gasps> real examples. No, I loved that. Really? <laughs> I loved I, it. I, I like, I, for some reason I didn't have the patience and I just checked out. It just felt like a puzzle to me. Like just every time it just felt like you were, you put oh, it felt too in the easy. right place. Like that was, oh, but I loved that about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, I was just like, I was just being an idiot kid and mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know what I was doing. But she, like, snapped at me. Mm-hmm. And I literally didn't think anything of it. I was just like, yeah, whatever. Like, not, in, like, in a disrespectful way, but it, like, just wasn't personal. Um, the way I got through classes um, in that period of my life was there was a comic book store right across the street. So I would count down until 3 o'clock, mm-hmm. bust out the door, run across the street to the comic book store, get my comics, and then my mom would pick me up on the way out to go to basketball. And she knew I was going to be over there after this day. She goes over to the comic book store. She walks in. And I'm like, I remember this specifically because there was a guy named Kurt that worked there. And (laughs) Kurt was the coolest. And he was great with helping me, like, get into comic books. Mm -hmm. He was this older gentleman. um, Gotta love a a guy named Kurt from the comic book store. Oh, my gosh. He was so (laughs) – I I don't think I saw him after – challenge b i think he stopped working there because he was like a retiree or whatever but um she came in and it was so weird to like see her in this like place that um your safe space (laughs) it was like my my safe space but also she seemed like one of those moms like pokemon is on the devil (laughs) like like that's what i that's what i perceived of her Mm -hmm. as but like she came in and she walked over she's like no i just wanted to apologize for snapping in front of you Mm. i really hope you didn't feel embarrassed or made fun of, or exposed in front of everybody, and I feel deeply sorry about that, and I'm mm-hmm. so sorry. And like, like she gave me a hug, and that was not something that I thought of personally, but I cried. Yeah. Because it was like she was so intentional to think like, oh, because that class I didn't have any friends. Mm-hmm. It was like this one other guy, and then like five girls, and then my my freshman year, that guy left, and it was me and those same five girls. And so I think she was aware of the fact of. Noah's alone in this classroom Mm -hmm. like and maybe and maybe that's like that's not true or whatever but I remember like being so touched by that and that made it so whenever I had her my senior year I was just like I think this year is going to be pretty good Mm -hmm. um 
No, that's but that's so big to have an adult like admit that they were wrong yeah. about something. I think that's huge. Because uh, like, I didn't realize that like most like my parents have apologized to me for stuff. Not like all the time, but like my my parents have admitted like oh like I sh- you know what I shouldn't have yelled at you mm-hmm. in this way or whatever. But I've talked to a lot of people that they're like, yeah, I've never had an adult apologize to me growing up. Well, that's how a lot of teachers are. They will not apologize to their kids because um, they're like, I'm the adult. I should be the re- like that kid should respect me. How could I be wrong? Exactly. But I I had a moment like that in my student teaching where like I had like s- kind of snatched something from a kid. Mm-hmm. And like I, I, I was try- I was like trying to be playful with him. Um, but he took it personally. Well, he, he started crying and some of these kids don't come from great homes. Right. And so I like, he, and like, I, I went over a couple of other times and like, just, he flinched every time I walked over. So I was like, I need to apologize to this kid. So I took him aside and I was like, Hey, I wasn't trying to be mean. Um, right. or I think he was trying to look at someone else's paper and I was like, I put my paper up in front of him. So I think he thought I was going to hit him with the paper. Mm. Um, and oh, so I was like, I was just trying to be silly. I wasn't like, cause it was, it was like a quick motion. And I realized that he had taken that a totally different he way. He didn't interpret it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I took him aside and apologized to him. And my co-teacher was like, that was really big that you did that. And it was like just second nature to me because it, I feel like as adults, sometimes we don't teach kids like people, like they're, they're yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. They're people who are learning how to be people, but they deserve the respect that you give to another adult. Not in the same way, but their humanity is not any less. <laughs> I'm getting into it. No, yeah. Um, Just because they haven't had the life's experience that you have. Yeah. And like big feelings to them. Like, I don't know, if, if your friend doesn't sit next to you at, uh, like if, you're go- if you go to the calf and your friend doesn't sit with you, you're gonna you're not gonna be like very upset about that but for a kid like that's the biggest thing in the world it's a big thing yeah, yeah. and like I, everything was so big exactly like, because that I, is the biggest thing they felt up until that point yeah. like they haven't had all these other lives experiences so they're building up that tolerance and like for them that's a huge thing and it makes sense that it would be a big thing because maybe you've never had your friend do that to you before oh yeah um and yeah, I just, I love kids, and I think that we should treat them better. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so funny because, like, looking back, it's it's sometimes, like, the smallest thing. I don't, maybe maybe I just feel this way, but, like, there are stories that I look on, and then I'm like, like, that was deeply, deeply formative. Mm-hmm. But if that were to happen now, like, oh, I'm, I'm unbothered by that. Mm-hmm. Like, that does not matter to me. But at the same time, like, I remember this one time where my friend's dad forgot to pick me up whenever like like this uh-huh. is a real story it, it, it feels like, huge, i remember yeah. whenever he forgot to pick me up to go to a like water park mm-hmm. and then what that taught like like i had my swim trunks on i had my towel i was ready to go and then he just like forgot mm-hmm. and that was like this thing of like i knew mr so-and-so never liked me and has yeah. always been annoyed by me and thinks i'm a wimpy kid and like i'm proving him right because i am upset about it and i am oh. crying about oh. it and like and then i was like no i don't know how to respond <laughs> And then he ended up, he's like, I'm so sorry, I forgot you. I'm like, oh, like, it's fine now, I guess. But, like, it it, it feels like betrayal at that age. Mm Yeah. It's, yeah. And it's valid to feel that way as whatever age it was that you were. I think, I think it, uh, 14. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually 22, it was just the Uh, other day. (laughs) Last week. Um, No, that's, 
I think that's especially like hard looking at parenting where it's just like, like, why can't you just know? Why can't you just know like mm-hmm. how to, it's like, oh yeah. Cause you literally don't. Cause you have nothing, mm-hmm. nothing to base this off of. Yeah. So as we're kind of wrapping up, I'm going to ask one more question. And this was another question that Weston asked that I thought I was that good. Um, what is the best thing a child has ever said to you? Oh, and like in the context of student teaching a child has ever said to me um i mean any any time a kid runs up and gives me a hug that's mm-hmm. i mean that's not a worth but like comes up says that they love me mm-hmm. um i'm having a hard time focusing on something but i i, I think hearing kids say um i don't want you to go yeah that's like for them to <laughs> acknowledge that, like... Your trusting person. E- exactly. Um, yeah. uh, I, I wish I had, like, one thing that a kid has said. Um, but there's this one little boy in second grade who um, I didn't really... Like, I didn't think we had that big of a connection. Mm. Um, but I stopped working at the after-school program that I was doing. Mm-hmm. And it just, like, broke his little heart. And I didn't realized that was going to affect him so much yeah but he wrote me a little letter um and like i have it in my car right now (laughs) just like all these hearts and like i'm gonna miss you so much um and i i think that that's the big thing for me is kids reaching out and being like i want to spend more time with you yeah um and every time he sees me he's like when are you coming back to work at the boys and girls club (laughs) and i'm like (laughs) i'm not buddy (laughs) but i love you so much um so that's that's probably it yeah no, that's really sweet. Well, Cassidy, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Yeah, of course. I hope you've had a good time. Um, do you have any closing thoughts or remarks? Um, where can we find you on social media? Um, it's about to change because I'm about to get a new last name. <laughs> so it'll probably it'll be Cassidy Philly for right now, but in about a week it'll be Cassidy Sheffield on everything probably or C Sheffield something. Yeah. I don't know. Right now it's Casty Philly on Instagram. Um, if I'm going to leave you one thing, it's that everyone should get the Libby app, which is okay. a library app where you can listen to free audiobooks. So that's that's what I want to I told Weston I would plug it because that's the most important thing to me right now. Okay. Um yeah. So that's what I want to leave you with. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, Uh, Feel free to check out the other ones. This is part of the series that I'm trying to upload every other week. And my motivation is continuing. But yeah, thank you guys so much.